This is episode 33 of the Magic Detective Podcast. On this episode, I talk about the Royal Conjurer, Evanian. That and more on this episode of the Magic Detective Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Magic Detective Podcast, the podcast for all things related to magic history. I'm your host, Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective, and this is episode 33, or the second episode of season two. And yeah, I don't think I'm going to be bringing that up again because it's getting confusing, even to me. Uh, Before we begin today's podcast, I want to mention that there is a new book out by sports writer Joe Posnanski. It's called The Life and Afterlife of Harry Houdini. From what I understand, it features John Cox and Patrick Culleton, among many others. Uh, I have not read the book, as I don't have a copy of it yet. It's on its way. But I can tell you, um, I've been stumbling over quite a bit of of the research that Joe Posnanski had done. Um, He was obviously going through some newspaper archives, uh, as I have been doing, and I see some of his clippings online, so that's kind of... uh, Interesting to stumble upon those. Uh, he did quite a bit of research, so it, I think it's going to be a very interesting book. I'm looking forward to reading it. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, go to Amazon.com and get yourself a copy of The Life and Afterlife of Harry Houdini. Oh, and uh, from what I understand, Joe's doing a rather extensive book tour, so maybe you can catch him if he's in your area. And I believe that John Cox listed the tour on his blog, wildabouthoudini.com. So go over there and check it out. Uh, See if you can find where the listing is of the book tour. And uh, maybe you can meet uh, Joe Posnanski and get yourself a copy of the book. And now on to today's feature. This is, uh, this week is, I'm kind of calling it uh, Houdini Week 2019. And yesterday, I put out a podcast about the man who made Houdini. It was about Martin Beck. And today, uh, today's episode is about someone, uh, it's not exactly about Houdini, but Houdini is associated with this person, and you'll hear about that in just a moment. Um, tomorrow, with any luck, I will have another Houdini-related podcast up, and then on Halloween, one more uh, podcast about Houdini that I'm really looking forward to. That one's been taking quite a bit of my time to research, but I think you'll enjoy all of them. So I hope you enjoy Houdini Week here on the Magic Detective Podcast. And now on to the feature. It wasn't all that long ago that I was going through my copy of Houdini the Untold Story by Milborn Christopher when I uh, when a picture kind of jumped out at me. It was a photograph that I had seen many times before, but but it kind of occurred to me that I really didn't know anything about the person in this picture. His name was Henry Evans Evanian, and he was known as the Royal Conjurer. Uh, but more than that, he would play an important role in the life of Houdini. Now, as I dug into Evanian's life story, I was struck by a number of things. He had a, a modest amount of success during his lifetime. He was an avid collector of anything to do with the theater, both magic-related and theater in general. 
However, the end of his life seems to have, well, it wasn't so good. Uh, he was forced to sell off his collection in order to make ends meet. And even then, I get the impression that the funds did not really cover all of his expenses. Now, who was Evanian? He was born Henry Evans in 1832 in Kennington, South London. He became interested in magic in his youth and performed in his teens for neighborhood friends. By 1849, he presented his first full show at the Rock Inn in Kemptown, Britain. He used his real name, Evans, as his performing name, and according to the book Magic by David Price, Evanian worked in the smaller towns and cities in Great Britain exclusively. He had one engagement in Paris in 1865 and also played the Channel Islands. In 1857, he altered his performing name to Evan Eon, and then the following year, perhaps through a printing error, he became Evanian. And eventually, he actually legally changed his name to Evanian as well. When Robert Houdin came to London to perform for the first time, Henry Evanian attended every performance. In fact, when no less than Robert Heller was performing at the Polygraphic Hall, Evanian attended that performance as well. What kind of magic did Evanian perform? Well, from the illustrations used in his advertising posters, I can see he did a version of Robert Houdin's Ethereal Suspension, which was copied by pretty much every working performer of that time. He presented the Inexhaustible Bottle, which was another very popular trick from that period. Evanian presented the production of bowls of water, very likely with goldfish, a production of a number of items from a top hat, the flags of all nations, a production of a fireball, the growth of flowers illusion. In an article by James Hagee in the Perennial Mystics, number 18, page 2.9, it states, Evanian's performances continued to feature not only conjuring, but ventriloquism, an art which gave center stage to elaborate patter and wit which was reputed to have been Evanian's pride. I don't confess to be an authority on ventriloquism, far from it, but I get the impression that um, when they say ventriloquism in this context, it was different in Victorian times than it is today. That is to say, I don't think they were using ventriloquist figures or puppets that we're familiar with. Rather, the concept of throwing your voice or making it appear your voice is off in the distance is what they were likely doing, along with comedic scripts. Now, on the surface, there doesn't appear to be anything remarkable about his show. Now, that's not to say it was a bad show. It's just very much like the programs that other players of that time were doing. He did perform for royalty, the Prince and Princess of Wales, so that was a huge feather in his cap that he would brag about. In fact, he, as I mentioned earlier, he billed himself as the Royal Conjurer, so he did brag about that. And this Royal Conjurer appears to have performed right up until uh, shortly before his death. His last recorded performance was in 1905 for a school party in the English countryside. The book Annals of Conjuring does point out that his fee at this later date was a pittance compared to what he had received in his heyday. The most remarkable thing about Evanian appears to be his collection of theatrical handbills and assorted ephemera. He had an enormous collection of both magic and non-magic theatrical papers, and it turns out that collecting was sort of a family tradition. 
as his father also collected theatrical items. His collections became part of Evanian's eventually. Also a friend, James Severn, who was a barber and who also occasionally acted as assistant to a number of traveling magicians like Dobler, Anderson, Compars, Herman, and more, was also known to be an avid collector of magic-related theatrical items. Severn's collection went to Evanian as well after he died. Now, I've read in a number of sources that Evanian's collection may have been huge simply because he could never throw anything away. However, in the Sphinx magazine, volume 48, number 11, it says, Evanian would miss a meal in order to purchase a program or booklet. He was also known to buy a dozen at least of the same periodical in which there appeared an article on Conjuring. So I'd say that Evanian was a true collector. In 1904, Houdini comes into the picture. Houdini was performing at the London Hippodrome and had come down with the grip, which was a term for the flu. He had been confined to his room by his doctor, but while he was confined to his room, he did a newspaper interview. The reporter mentioned the collection of handbills that uh, Houdini had acquired, and Houdini told him they were for an upcoming book on the history of magic. The article that appeared in the paper mentioned Houdini's collection, and this caught the eye of Henry Evanian. The 72-year-old conjurer proceeded to contact Houdini at the hotel on the same day the article appeared in the paper. He very likely went straight to the hotel. Houdini agreed to meet him the following day. That very next day, Houdini waited for the old gentleman, but he didn't show. Later in the day, Houdini decided to take a short walk. And as he exited the elevator, the porter told Houdini that some old guy had been waiting in the lobby. Since early in the afternoon, this man had been waiting, but the hotel staff did not tell Houdini, given the shabby appearance of the old man. Now, all of this comes from Houdini's book, The Unmasking of Robert Houdin. Houdini says that he spoke to the old man who had a parcel of old clippings and playbills to show Houdini. And here is where it gets really interesting. In Houdini's own words, I remember only raising my hands before my eyes as if I had been dazzled by a sudden shower of diamonds. This was Houdini's reaction to seeing firsthand playbills belonging to Robert Houdin, Philippe, Caterfelto, Pignetti, Breslau, Anderson, and others. He completes the description with this. I felt as if the King of England stood before me, and I must do him homage. This really speaks to Houdini's love of magic and magic history, and it's a terrible shame that his book on magic history turned out to be an attack on Robert Houdin, because it could have been one of the greatest history books ever written. In fact, no less than Edwin Dawes credits Houdini for digging up a great deal of information on Sir Isaac Fox, including discovering Fox's first name, Isaac, which had never been used in any of his advertisements. Of course, the wooden cuttings that appeared in the book also came from the Evanian collection that Houdini had purchased, but his pursuit of Fox was all Houdini's own doing. Anyway, back to the story. The next day, Houdini, against the advice of his doctors, took a cab to Evanian's home. Remember, Houdini had a bad case of the flu, but he was so engrossed in this world of magic history that he and Evanian lost track of time. It wasn't until an angry Theo Hardin 
along with Houdini's doctor who showed up at 3.30 a.m. the next morning looking for Houdini, did he, Houdini, realize the time. They practically had to drag him out of there, not because he was too ill to walk, but because Houdini was having such a great time. Over time, Houdini would purchase more and more of the Evanian collection. On June 7, 1905, Houdini went to visit Evanian one final time, this time at the Lamberth Infirmary. Evanian was suffering from cancer of the throat and could hardly talk. Ten days later, Evanian died. Houdini had set up a fund through the columns of a theatrical paper called the Encore, which netted a substantial amount of money, which went to pay for the funeral, and then the remainder went to help out Mrs. Evanian. This according to the David Price book. Two large wreaths were placed on the casket, one from Mr. and Mrs. Houdini, who attended the funeral, and the other from the Society of American Magicians, according to Mahatma Magazine. But according to Houdini, poor Evanian, he certainly was the greatest collector of magical material in the world. Although, although I advertised his funeral in the papers, no one was there but for four old women and two nieces with Mrs. Evanian. By the way, Mrs. Evanian passed away nine months later on March 10th, 1906. Houdini did not get the entire Evanian collection, though he did get quite a bit of it. Evanian himself had been periodically selling off pieces of it even before he met Houdini, and a big section of the collection dealing with Victorian theater went to the British Library, where it still resides today. I think Houdini, by writing of his visits to Evanian, did secure a place for the old Victorian magician in the annals of magic history, however. In 2016, the British Library put up a display of the Evanian collection for viewing. It was the first time in its history that the collection had been seen publicly. And this, my friends, is the story of Henry Evanian, the royal conjurer, and also the man who was uh, really helped Houdini's uh, magic uh, history collection to grow. Uh, for the record, uh, some of this material came from an earlier blog article that appeared in themagicdetective.com, so it came from my blog. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which again is part of Houdini Week 2019. I will be back yet again with another episode of The Magic Detective shortly. In the meantime, please remember to like and share the podcast, and if you haven't done so, uh, you can follow me by going to magicdetectivepodcast.com and hitting the follow button. I'm Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective. Thank you for listening, and I will be back very soon. Until then, have a great week.